Hello everyone, this is Dan with the Spiritual Underground Podcast, coming to you from the studios at DTM Enterprises. Uh, If you've just come along this podcast for the first time, I'll let you know this is primarily 12-step recovery. But our guest today is a general healer, and uh, I really like to bring folks like this on to help folks. uh, A considerable amount of healing goes on with the 12 steps, but there can be lingering things that get left behind. And uh, there's also times when maybe you want to... uh, do another boost uh continue to grow spiritually and these uh guests bring those kind of tools to the world 12-step spiritual recovery is a group of men and women who deliver the 12 steps to anybody that wants them for years and years the 12 steps have been um transforming lives but you had to fall under a cocaine addict or an alcoholic or a drug addict or overeater or a gambler or something like that to harness the tools and uh, you know it's real easy to say well i'm not you know i don't i don't i don't fall under that category and which uh, prevents you from being able to access these tools. And 12-step spiritual recovery allows everyone. It's recovery for all. You can go to 12stepspiritualrecovery.com for a meeting schedule. And uh, the book that accompanies the program called 12-step spiritual recovery is available on Amazon. Um, James Christopher Cohn, 12-step spiritual recovery. My guest today is Edit B. Kiss. And as I say in the beginning, I thought it was a scam email, but uh, Edit is the furthest thing from a scam. I really had a good time talking to her today. And uh, I can't help but make parallels to uh, similar kind of work we do with the 12 steps and what she brings to the table. Um, You know, I say this about spirituality or like religion in a sense uh, that, you know, I need mine wrapped in a certain color bow to accept it. And uh, other people need the color they need. And, you know, somebody, uh, you know, I may hear a message from a particular person and you may not be able to hear it from them for whatever reason. Maybe that's their voice. Maybe it's their delivery for whatever reason. And, you know, what's great is we have all these people out here delivering these messages in uh, in various ways. And uh, I really gelled with uh with with the time I had together today with Edit, and uh, that yes, that is you can see it. It's E D I T. She was born in Hungary, and uh, now resides in the U K, which is another super cool thing that we get to uh, connect across the world. And uh, she actually does her work internationally, and uh, is available through these wonderful technology tools that are you know a blessing and a curse uh she tools them to the blessing side of things so uh in the show notes will have some ways that you can get a hold of her all the social medias and uh youtube and uh website editbkiss.com so uh without further ado we will get on with the interview All right. Hey, everyone. This is Dan with the Spiritual Underground. Uh, Once again, bringing you another guest who, uh, as I was just saying to her uh, 
bring can brings a different look at uh, this enlarging your spiritual life aspect that we do here in 12 step recovery. Uh, you know, I've had a few people on here lately that have really brought some cool tools, uh, sound therapy and other things like that, that uh, we've uh, and, and I, I really like to draw my toolbox cannot be full enough. When it comes to having this satisfying, fulfilling life, uh, I can't have enough tools in my toolbox and maybe some tools don't fit me. Uh, but, but I like to stick my toe in the water in, in as many as I can and see what actually, uh, uh, works for me. What works for me may not work for you and vice versa. So, uh, very unique name. I almost thought it was a spam. I, I, you know, this world we live in, when you get yourself out there, uh, you end up getting a lot of stuff thrown at you. And when I first saw the, the email that said, edit B kiss wants to, uh, chat, uh, I hit it quickly and, uh, and, and, uh, did a little research and figured out that you were for real. Uh, so is that your real name? Yes. That's my 35 in my birth certification. Yeah. Ed, edit B kiss. Yeah. What's the B? Will you mind sharing that? Yeah. So I'm from Hungary. And basically the B is part of my surname and it's oh. a sign of where is the origin of my family because in the historical situation, my family had to move from one place to another and there was other Kiss families in that new town and they wanted to say, okay, you are not the old Kiss, you are a new Kiss from B kind of village, so you are B Kiss now. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Yeah, just something to designate the difference. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, uh, tell me a little about yourself. I, I, I read your bio and I watched some podcasts where the guest tries to do all that, but uh, I think it's or where the host tries to do all that. But I think the guest is the better person to to share what they are about. Okay. Yeah, so actually I grown up in a so social or communist country, you know, without any religion and like just growing up, uh, like working and studying and all of this environment, like people around me. And then when I was in my teenage age, I started to like look for like, okay, uh, let's look some spirituality, let's read some books, you know, and find out like might one of them is fit for me, you know, and I started to like uh, all kinds of uh, modalities. And then basically... Uh, when I really felt the need to dive into spiritually consciously is when I started to have panic attacks. And I was uh, a young person. I loved traveling. I traveled alone around the world. And then mm. obviously I got into some points when I started to have panic attacks. And then when I got home, I was like, okay, I need to find some solution, which is not medication, you know, and not uh, therapy or whatever. So actually I went to Reiki. So that was the first point of me doing consciously spiritual things. And so I had like, Reiki master, I started to Reiki, but meanwhile, I was a petroleum engineer. So I was working in a petroleum engineering, petroleum industry, again, traveling with that industry. And then uh, that was my main job. And spirituality was my kind of like my hobby and my savory, you know, like uh, keeping me on track in life, you know. So basically with the Reiki, I also get into some extra sense retreats with the same master. I also get into a family constellation therapies because always was there something to fix you know always was there some relationship issues some health issues and then i always just ran to my reiki master and said like okay help me what what you have you know and then that's how i actually started and then um then i become a reiki master uh because i i took for me like 10 years from being a reiki healer and become a master and then just because i actually 
uh, quit my job as an engineer and then I decided to actually uh, move to New Zealand with my family. <laughs> and then so we packed up our bags and then we went to New Zealand for seven months. We couldn't stay there. But in that process, while we were there, it was like a long vacation. And I was actually using the Reiki Master tools, which are like very powerful signs. And then in that six, seven months, I was just healing, healing, healing myself. And then, you know, my intention was to heal myself, to stay, you know, move the energies. But the universe had a different intention. It was the intention to bring me back because all the amazing things what was happening to me was back home, you know, or back in Europe, not not in New Zealand. So basically, the the biggest thing what happened with this healing is one morning I woke up and suddenly I couldn't eat the same food as before, like mm. overnight my cravings completely changed and then i couldn't eat like dairy products uh i couldn't drink alcohol i couldn't eat white flour white sugar all of these things and then it was just like um you know when you look at the dog food and you know oh it looks yummy but it's for my dog you know so you don't eat it. or like when you smell a soap you know and this smells like chocolate or something but you know it's a soap so for me those food became like that so it was a blockage in energetically or subconsciously i couldn't eat those food and what happened is i was overweight i hated my body and with that situation i started to lose weight and in like 20 in like 10 months i lost like 20 kilos and then i was back in my 18 years old body so i was so perfectly happy and it was all because of raising the vibration you know connecting to the other side being more into that spiritual connection it's actually blocked me from a low vibration of food and then it's just kept me what i needed basically and then it's completely shifted me and then other things happened like whatever i kind of wished for before i left to new zealand when i came back everything came true it's like like uh, you have sometimes wishes which you think like it's like out of like it's not gonna happen anyway so i had a wish like you know you have seven days a week and then five days we work two days we don't work and then I said, okay, I wish I just work two days and we don't work five, you know, like we be the opposite. Like who would think that, you know? And then the other wish was like, oh, I wish I would play tennis while others are sitting in the office, you know, <laughs> like 11 a.m. or something. And my other wish was like to walk to the office living closer or something like that. And then when I came back uh, to Europe, they did not hire me back the same company, but they offered me contractor position and we moved closer uh, in another apartment so basically i was playing tennis at 11 a.m i just went to work twice a week because that's what was required and then all of this just came through and then i had double money and it's just like was like magical you know everything i wished for before it came true and because of the long break because of the higher vibration and all of these things so it's like sometimes you just need to wish for things and then it's happening if you take care of your energy basically so that's um that's about reiki <laughs> so what happened after reiki is that i was invited for a um an event which was done by a karma guru uh, he came from india to hungary at that time i was in hungary and they asked me to translate they said okay you speak english hungarian you are spiritual can you come to translate the guru uh, and then i was like okay I, I couldn't translate because his accent was so off and then the, the what he was talking about again i couldn't like pick up on all the words this was very uh, foreign for me and then basically someone else ended up translating it and i was just translating the manuals you know but basically I was there and the first time I did Samadhi meditation with this guru and I activated my pineal gland and my third eye opened and 
I just realized that with the Reiki, I didn't even get to this point. Uh, this um, because we also activated the eighth chakra, which is actually opening up uh, the doors to your past lives and to your karmas. And then we activated the pineal gland, which uh, opens your third eye. So what happened after that meditation is like breadcrumbs from the universe started to just flooding at me, like ideas, visions, callings. You know, it's like was really, really vivid and. Um, so I went back again to translate for another course and then his healings, I translated between, you know, one person and him, the the one-on-one -on -one healings. And then I decided after a couple of months that I'm going to do the course myself as well. And then I started to heal myself with the tools, what he provided. He taught us about uh, source memory healing, which is releasing traumas from the core, from the unconscious mind. And then when you have a trigger in life or physical or mental illness, it has a core trauma. And then when you release the core trauma, then basically that thing gets solved and you don't get triggered anymore for the same reason. And that's what I started to experience through these healings that, oh my God, this thing stopped, this thing stopped, like my patterns, which were like coming back infections or, or other things, you know, it's just stopped. And then I was so mesmerized and so happy that I was like, okay, I need to do this. I need to have people. I need to hear them, you know, or have them to, to know this. So basically I actually packed up my kids. I divorced and I moved to London <laughs> to establish my company and start doing this basically. And I was still doing some engineering work for a while, but then actually I focused on uh, this one, this karma healing, because it was much more powerful for me than the Reiki, which I wasn't expected. I, I wasn't even looking for at that moment, you know, anything. It was just came and then it was so powerful. And then since then it was 2018. So it's six years now. I'm doing this basically and uh, making other people happy, you know, releasing their traumas and even helping them to learn this uh, technique. So I have facilitators who are learning from, from me now and then they actually healing other people with the same method. Yeah. Well, that is uh, fascinating. A lot of things, <clears throat> I say bell ringers, you know, things that you said, um, like manifesting things, putting stuff out in the universe, but you also have to like make sure that you're I like to think uh, I have a little bit of a yoga background and I think about my true north, like I have a compass inside of me that is telling me where to go. And part of my job is to find that, you know, and be intuitive about when I'm on track and when I'm not and make sure that I'm doing things that puts me uh, in the right places at the right times. And uh, I have I'm, I'm self-employed today and it was by accident, sort of. I mean, I wished it. I, I dreamed it. I almost to a point to not want to tell anybody, you know, because it's felt a little foolish to to wish such a thing. And uh, but, you know, uh, I kept on staying where, you know, on a path that doing my best to stay in my true north. And that became a became reality for me. Uh, so I can I can I can relate to a lot of what you're saying there. And then also the thing about, golly, the trauma. And you brought something to the table that I that I sometimes think about, but I really can't get my mind wrapped about mind wrapped around it is the potential of trauma, like in a past life thing that I'm carrying today that I have. You know, if something happened to me when I was a little kid and I can remember it, then I can obviously if I if I can, you know, its ability to go talk about it and do some work on it so that it doesn't trigger me the way. But man, what if it's something that's happened to you beyond your consciousness, your current consciousness, uh, that can be a real weight that that is like you might even say is impossible to drop unless maybe you meet somebody like you. Uh, 
actually, yeah, we actually call it like with a guru is always said that we rewrite the past and create a new future. And you don't, so most of the people don't know about their traumas because sometimes it happens under like you are four years old. You don't remember when you were two years old or you can have trauma in the womb of your mom, you know, right. and yeah. you don't remember, but you can go back there when you follow the, actually the meditation, what I do with my clients, the Samadhi, you go into actually, you transcend, it's a transcendental meditation. So you transcend into the subconscious and then you reach the unconscious mind and the unconscious mind is actually just bringing you the memory. You're just there. And then it's, it's you, you actually, of course, you tell the unconscious mind what's your issue and what is the emotions you actually currently experiencing because of that issue. It can be physical illness, mental illness, uh, or any kind of issue in your life. And then when you bring in the, those emotions, you know, and you feel it in your body, then the unconscious mind actually can find the root which is connected and then some clients need one or two memories to go through some clients six seven with the same issue is is personally that is depends uniquely like who how many trauma is related to that current situation you having so it's it's uh the session could be you know from one hour till two hours and sometimes even the client tells me after six uh, memories like okay no i need a break <laughs> it was too tiring you know going yeah. through those memories and then some of them of course is is not all this lifetime sometimes it's past life and then is they just see themselves and say okay i'm probably in past life because i'm i'm wearing weird clothes or i don't know the people around me you know so it's it could be a past life thing and then and that's that's what we need to solve there like actually what they feel and then release the emotions negative emotions from there and then it's like it's actually is is energetically changing a lot of things it's not just you personally it's actually when you start this kind of healings is actually affecting your whole soul family is affecting really like more layers of the energetical being and is also reaching out to other souls who are actually can interfere to to find a solution for you so it's not like a magic pill for example you have a physical illness and then you need a solution okay uh, you go into this unconscious my memories, you start to release the memories and suddenly someone will call you or someone will tell you that I know or you find someone or something which actually solved that issue that moment because mm. you did this healing. If you wouldn't do the healing, might that person wouldn't call you or might you wouldn't came across the solution. But it's, it's like because everything is connected. Right. So it's, it's not like you and that modality is you and everything you know is it's just connect you to everything and everyone who can actually help you and and solve things yeah that uh we have a in our 12 steps we do amends we go try to repair the past with the people we have harmed and people time and again will not be able you know they won't have any idea how to get a hold of this person but we do work on it and we mm -hmm. we actually sit down and meditate on it work on it write out of scripts and make harms lists and get real clear with the universe about what's going on. And then this person will just pop into their life, you know, and they will have no idea how to get a hold of them. That'll be the hang up. I don't know how to, I don't know where they live. I don't even know if they're around here anymore. And I always say, let's not worry about that. That's not, that will get resolved yeah. if we do this other work. And it seems okay. like it's a lot like what you're saying there too, that uh, it's just that alignment, like getting in line, in alignment with where the universe wants you to be and the things will happen. 
people will come into your life that you need to come into your life and people will leave your life that you need to leave your life. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so some people feel like when they uh, betrayed someone or someone betrayed them, you know, that they need to confront them like face to face. But no, is you need to get find the peace within you. You need to forgive them within you for yourself, not for them. Right? They don't even, you know, require for your for forgiveness, you know. Right. Yep. But it's, it's just like for you, for your health, for your physical health and your mental health, you need to do that inner work and then of course also for the energies but uh those other people don't need to be there they don't need to even know yep, about some, what you're right, doing yep. because it's it's, it's not yep. it's that's about, the work works even you know we do yeah. we do try to do direct amends when we can to the people that are in our circles and stuff and all basically own my what I've done or the other side of it is if they've done something to me, uh, you know, I had to find, you said the word, I must find some forgiveness in my heart someplace. I have to, or else I'm just, I might as well take that person and put them on my shoulder and carry them around the rest of my life. If I'm not going to, it's that kind of weight on our souls. If we, if we can't do that. And, uh, you know, lots of times people have passed, you know, they're, they're no longer in this world and, uh, and you can't contact them, but the work works anyway. It doesn't, it doesn't matter that you can't, some people with our line in a book that says some people cannot be seen. And that's, that's interesting. I like the, when I talk to people, there's just so much parallel uh, between these different modalities and things that I run into where they fall into place with what my primary modality is, is this 12 step lifestyle uh, of, uh, and, and getting a better feeling about like why it works. It doesn't really matter why it doesn't, but I have that, you know, I think most of us do that. I want to know, I want to know how this works. I I want that so badly that I take physical things apart to see how they work. You know, I have an engineering background too, but more of on the mechanical back end. end. And I can think about times when my taking stuff apart when I was a little kid that I wasn't supposed to take apart and then hide the parts in the closet and get up at nighttime trying to figure out how to get it back together before mom and dad figure out that I've completely disassembled the toaster or whatever. Awesome. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, yeah, and then the other part of it is, and and this seems to be a thing. There seems to be, and I don't have a book or a list of them, but there's some elements that seem to need to be there in order to have like this fulfilling healthy life and one of them is i have to put some of my life energy towards helping others and it sounds like you do a great deal of that and that's where you found you know it went from being uh a worker just a plain old you know go go work for somebody and get paid to now uh receiving what this intangible currency is of helping other people get have their lives be better yes yes <laughs> calling about the forgiveness, I love the sentence when they people say like, uh, it's okay, it's, it's, uh, if you forgive to you, it doesn't mean I still want to sit with you on the same table, or it doesn't mean I trust you anymore. So it, it's, you know, you, some people betray you and so on and so forth, so you forgive, but it doesn't mean you trust. You don't need to get them back and hug them, you know, or trust them anymore. It's just the forgiveness is, has to be there, but then you can let them go, obviously, you know, that's. Yeah. yeah. And. I don't know that I actually have the power to do that. That's where it comes in with this work and basically asking the universe or a higher power or whatever you prescribe to that to yeah. help me achieve that forgiveness. Cause I just really don't have it. I have to have uh, assistance from the universe, especially on the more deeper materials. 
Exactly. You know, when I go through this source memory healing with my clients, sometimes it goes through the whole uh, releases, the whole process. And then the end, I need to ask them, are you able to forgive? And sometimes they say no. And then it's like after like an hour of progress, you know, and it's like they say, no, they still cannot. And then I have to tell them that only 5% of the time, those people actually do anything from consciousness, from, from the conscious mind. The rest is from their subconscious programming or from, from their ancestral backgrounds or from their karma. So it's, they need, you need to understand that everybody that when something happens to you, when you got betrayed is, is your karma. Basically, you need to go through that shit and you need to experience that thing. So you shouldn't like point your fingers or, you know, being in a victimized situation, like, oh, that person hurt me. That person maybe have nothing to do with it. That that little person is the universe or the karma or the background, which actually made that person do that to you. So when, when you see the bigger picture and then why it happened to you is, is, is basically because you had to go through this experience because that's leading to the next step, the next step and the next step. And then when we came to this uh, word, yes, we had to go through certain learnings and experiences because uh, that's why we're doing lifetime after lifetime for experience. And then it's when, when they actually, when it stick to them that, okay, so it wasn't actually that person, it was my karma and it was the universe, then they can say, okay, then I forgive. You know, because they don't personalize the situation anymore. Yeah, that's great. Uh, that's a, and it's a tough one to move through too to get people because we are so focused on the the human body that did that. You know, this thing we can see, touch, and feel, and uh, then it's really something much, much more than that. Yes, yes. So, how do you go about doing this? And uh, like, are you? Um, I saw on the website where you can click to get. Do you do a lot of things remotely? Do you do this process remotely? Yeah, I do everything online because I have international client tours. So I'm in London based, but all my clients are from US, Europe, Dubai, Asia. So all over the place. Yeah, and you find it still works even through this medium, you know, and that's another thing that I've uh, bumped up against in because I have a sponsor and he's the man who took me through the work. And now as now what I do is pass that down. I have to, in order to keep what I have, I have must give it away. And, uh, and, uh, one of the hurdles is cause I like, for instance, this podcast, I really would prefer that my guest is sitting in the chair at the other end of the table where I can actually, mm-hmm. I, I feel more and I have a connection, which I do struggle having through, uh, zoom, uh, at the same level. Uh, but what you're telling me is that you, that that's achievable, that you have the same outcome. You can achieve the same because you have, in order for your client to do this, they have to really trust you and feel that you're a safe place to be. Right. You know, the, the trick is here that you don't even need to share with me your trauma. So this is not a speaking, uh, Therapy. This is not where you need to like open up and tell me like hmm. your memory or your trauma. Oh, wow. And then many people is like, yes, as you said, they need to like trust me and they is like, okay, I'm go- I have to tell to her or to, you know, someone like, oh, what happened to me when I was a child, when I was abused or when I, you know, whatever happened. No, because you can actually see the memory. You can actually see what you're going through. And without telling me, you can even don't need to share with me your emotions because usually when some people trust me, okay, they tell me everything because that's, I can help them more basically with the process. But it still works if they don't tell me what they see or what they went through. Hmm. 
then they collect themselves the emotions. They don't even share with me their emotions, but they actually place it into my sentences when I do the release. You know, it still works. And um, so, and of course, they can switch off the camera if they don't want to see that. I, if they don't want me to see that they're crying, you know, or something. But of course, when I see them crying, I know I need to go slower when I need to give them space, you know, so it's like I can more connect and, and feel like, OK, where they are at. But it is is like I uh, my recent client last week when we did the sessions, she didn't share with me any of the uh, the memories. But the couple of weeks before she shared because that was maybe comfortable memory. That was not that tricky. You know, that was just like some kind of fears but the second memory or the the last week memory was kind of like uh more intimate maybe you know what she didn't want to share so it's, it works both ways it's, it's just uh how how you want to actually provide me the information how much deep you want me to help you with you know but it works both ways so it's, it's very safe in that case when someone say okay i don't want to share my trauma it's still possible and this is not a speaking therapy so you don't need to tell me what's going on i have I don't need to know anything, you know, mm. nothing. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, it, it doesn't. I, I do. I do understand it because it's energy, uh, and energy doesn't have to be spoken. It's, but like but in my world, my experience so far, it's not. You know, I we we talk, and it and it doesn't get resolved unless it's released verbally. And I, that's I mean, just I my talk. I talk. I talk. I release, but they place their emotions, which I need to release through their mind. They add it into the release sentences because they know what they want to release and they hear my sentence, how I release it. So it comes together in them, you know, mm. when it needs to meet. That's I don't really need cool. to know. I don't need to know what I'm releasing. I'm just saying the things and then it's came together in their mind what they are releasing, basically. Yeah. Uh, what a gift that you have uh that's uh and to to see it cultivate and you know to there's a piece of me that thinks everybody has that in them it's just a matter of whether if they you know pursue it or not you know my uh, clients they they can actually use my meditation library 24 7 and even this healing it's a i have a track a recorded track and then after i do a couple of sessions with them i give them the track and say okay now you do it for yourself you know, so they can actually say, okay, today I'm having these triggers or this physical illness. Let's listen to a track so I can release it. You know, so yeah. it's like, uh, I even give them all the tools after we're done. It's, yeah. it's not like, um, but it's so funny because still sometimes clients coming back to some of my free events, you know, to do the healing. I know, I mean, you have to track, why are you coming? <laughs> you know, it's like, but because they love it, just this like, it's, you know, more communication or who and they and whatever. And it works with group settings. I can mm. sit down with many people in a place, you know, or through online, and I do it for a group, the release. Mm. Well, that's that. That's different too, and I can understand why it would. Uh, I can see how it could still be effective that way. Uh, you know, so much of my personal work is one on one, so I have a you know a paradigm, a framework that uh, has been a recipe, so to speak, that 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 we kind of follow. Uh, I, I I learned to meditate in a group and that's how it became uh it seemed like it was um, that was the way I needed to learn to do it with with other souls in the room with me kind of you know so that I was guided by many and they would share their different experiences and I could get all that and uh and it really helped me in in my 
beginning stages of, of, of learning to meditate and same thing. We meet up in groups, uh, you know, during COVID we couldn't anymore. We had to, we went, that was my introduction to zoom was because of our, you know, we have 12 step meetings and we get together and that, uh, I do, I do have something, you know, I like to feel people's energy. You know, I like to be around and be close to people. And, uh, I actually can kind of pick up a, I've done it since I was a little kid where if somebody is like, and I, and I don't really know what word to put on it, but they're just a solid person. Their character is solid and, and a good person. I will get a tingling in the back of my neck and shoulders from people like that. And I don't even sometimes don't have to even talk to them. I can be in line at the grocery store mm-hmm. and that person in front of me or behind me will set that stuff off. And and I, as I look back in my life, I remember it happening from as far back as when I was a child. And the same thing comes as the same, uh, an opposite feeling when this is when I know that this person is not somebody I need to be around a repelling frequency comes mm-hmm. and tells me to make some space between me and that person. But, uh, um, and then I, it took me a while to get used to being meeting in, 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 uh, in zoom with our fellows, with our, with the other people that are in our groups to like acclimate to that. But eventually we did, but I still would rather be face to face with them. <laughs> yeah. COVID was a big change because I also, before that I had uh, one-on-one clients who I went to visit in their homes, you know, mm. things and with the meditation at, at, at in, in their space. Mm-hmm. And then when COVID happened, I, I also had to move online, but then there was the trust issue again that like I did also Reiki healings and stuff like that. And then some people were still not so familiarized or, or they did not believe in the distance healing, you know, or, or it was, it was, it needed to take some time until they accepted it, or I needed to find the right people who actually trust this kind of distance things. That's true uh, because it's a different people i would say there are some who still have you know concerns and still not doing the online or distance healing they still want to have it face to face but there there are obviously other people who who's happy with this solution as well yeah 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 it took a little getting used to for more more so for some folks and less so for others and uh one thing is if you think it won't work you're right it's kind of the old thing if you think you can or you think you can't you're right and uh yeah. we'll we will block ourselves from doing that i have a number of uh it's kind of sitting on the shelf in a way uh as i said this spiritual growth thing uh right i have a number of reiki masters in my circle you know guys mm-hmm. who have they went down that path i have a sponsee that's a uh, gal that uh that just recently uh took great took Reiki classes from a local uh, Reiki master here. So uh, that's not, that's not new to me. Uh, I have a retreat, a men's retreat every year. And, uh, and usually it just so happens a couple of those guys will be Reiki masters and they'll set up a little area to the side that when we have free time, uh, they, they perform Reiki on folks uh, mm-hmm. at, at the retreats. So um, and have I have you- some experience with it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Have you heard of Shechem healing? No. Shechem. So I, I just, uh, because you said, I think you I saw the term. Uh, because you were about Reiki and then you are familiar with, and you have lots of people in Reiki. I was just like, oh, might you don't know Shechem. So Shechem healing is actually an ancient Egyptian healing technique. And um, it was 
channeled by a person who went to Egypt and be, spent some time in the chambers, you know, in the pyramid. And uh, it's most of the Shechem healers is so funny, but they are in UK somehow. So whoever mm. I met, they said, oh, they learned Shechem. They always learned from some UK people. <laughs> it was so funny. So it's actually Shechem is similar to Reiki in the the way that it's you need to use signs, you know, and it has even some signs which are the same. And the, but there are some extra signs for Shechem, and also Shechem is because it's of the from the Egyptian ancient Egyptian uh, uh, energy is like it's connect you to the Sirius Sun. You know the Sirius uh, is like basically the star Sirius is our mm -hmm. sun, and then uh, that's where it's connect when you actually doing Shechem healing, and it's because the it's related to the goddess Shechemet. Shechemet is the lion head goddess uh, lady lion head lady in 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 the egyptian mythology so it's related to her and she is um known as the destruction goddess so it's destruction and healing they always say that before order there is chaos so when the shechem healing you start doing shechem healing basically you might first go through a chaos or destruction before you experience the the healing it's like the phoenix you know ash and then rise from the ashes is similar dynamics and then the shechem is uh, actually if uh, i was first reiki master before i learned the shechem and how i change my healings now because i got also initiated for the shechem uh, energies and signs is that my healings become shorter so i used to do the healings for one hour one and a half an hour is you know it depends on how long you do the healing is how long that person needs the energy for so you don't control the healing itself when you do the healing is the energy is controlling you basically and then when i started to do the shechem my my healings actually got from one hour to 30 minutes so when i do healings now they kind of stop around 30 minutes because that's mm. how energy is needed now because it's much powerful it's much stronger and it's also not just going through your crown chakra and to your hands but it's also connecting to the earth as well and coming back and through the hands so it's Interesting. just it's different. Have, yeah. And it's uh, one of the things is, you know, at one point we didn't have any of this connectiveness in our world, right, that we have today, like how I can be sitting here talking to you. And these similar modalities happened in different places on the earth, you know, and, and these people didn't know what these people were doing. And when eventually they met up, they had a very similar. Of course, it wouldn't be the exact same because it, it can't be. But yeah. uh, it leads some credence to it at some level to me that these uh, these things happened in in various areas. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have some real hang up. And one of the things here in the Western world in the United States is people get here and they hear us talk about uh, a reliance on a higher power, uh, depending on the universe stuff. And they immediately connect it with Christianity. You know, they can't help it but do that here. Uh, but uh, I use a lot of that to help ease them that, you know, we say it's a, it's of your understanding and it really is. I've come to that conclusion firmly um, to get people to get over the hump of that is that, you know, in different places on this earth, people have this, have, we're having these beliefs before this connection ever happened, you know, cause they want to make it like I talked you into believing this. Right. And then that can happen. Uh, you can get converted by somebody, but this is, that's cool that this, these, these different modalities were happening concurrently in completely different spots on the earth and uh, it makes it 
more real to make, as I said, lend some credence to it in some way to talk, uh, somebody who might be a little hesitant to, uh, to, to buy in, to yeah. get their, uh, get them. Cause like I said, if you don't, if you can block anything from yourself, any, any healing modality, if you want to block it, you have that power. It's kind of a free will thing. And, and fact of the matter, so many people do that. They, 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 I would almost say they choose not to heal, but I don't think they're really choosing. They're not really. It's it's some it's something more powerful than that. Yeah, or subconsciously choosing it, not consciously, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, uh, get rid yeah, of I know. It. It's uh, I met some Christian pastors, and they are really powerful. They also do you know hand healing, and then they just have such a powerful energies. So, like one of my meeting was like astonished. Like I, I was astonished. Like I met, I went to an event. It was in Nigeria. I went to an event, and then um, there was some pastors there, and then a lady came to me and just hugged me and said, "Oh, keep in touch and stay connected, blah blah blah, and thank you for coming." And after she left me. I couldn't speak for 10 minutes and then I felt like I am in a column of light. I was mm -hmm. like speechless and in like in a very powerful energy. So it's it's really, really that they are actually extremely powerful too. Yeah, <laughs> it's a yeah. different thing. Yeah. Yeah. One of the small uh, one of my stories that I look back on, I was uh early in my engineering career. I was probably 18 years old or something like that. And there, they, I got assigned to work with this tool and guy guy who just happened to be a pastor also. And he immediately put that, I had that energy. I just wanted to be close to him. It was almost like, you know, uh, almost like a cat purring or something when I was close to him, that was the energy. And even on days when he was not there, I could go sit in his chair and absorb his energy and it was it was lifting, you know, I would it would make me feel good to uh, do that. And uh, and at that time, you know, I didn't understand any of it. I wondered, you know, is this, you know, am I am I gay? Am I you know, if I didn't know what it was, it's only in the rearview mirror looking back on what that was as as you know, as my I guess my spiritual education uh, progressed. Uh, and that's what, when you get with people like that, uh, or when I get near people like that, it draws me and I just want to stay close to them. I want that. I love that feeling of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, we, some guys say around recovery, it doesn't matter what you think, feel, or believe, but most of what I do is usually based on what, whether what I think, feel, or believe it, it, it does matter. Uh, and that's what the bottom line of the, the dope and the booze was, you know, for in the beginning it worked and it made me feel better. You know, I could forget about the trauma and the other things that I was struggling with when I was under that. But, you know, uh, as with all negative energies, it might work for a minute, but it's going to stop working. And, uh, and the same thing with your chaos and, uh, order, yeah. order, you know, uh, most people that come in through the 12 step thing, you know, they've had a chaos time, you know, they had to, they had to go through that chaos period, uh, in order to be receptive to the teachings that, 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 that are involved with 12 step recovery. It, uh, if you, if you don't have a sufficient chaos in front of you, uh, it seems to, that you won't have the motivation to heal. You know, if you, absolutely, uh, yeah. The you harder need, to fall, the more motivated you are to uh, get back up again. 
Yeah, yeah. And it can also bring the feelings of surrender. You know, when you go through those very difficult times, that's when you experience that, okay, I need to surrender. There is no other way, you know. And then also you become more humble and more grateful for everything that you are still alive or you are still, you know, breathing. And because that's that's uh, kind of like, a, yeah, that labor. Yeah, <laughs> and, yep. And that surrender is important. Definitely. Uh, and at some level, we somebody, you know, comes and surrenders to the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. They say, OK, tell me what to do. That's the magic words. You know, uh, what guy's beat down and he comes in and he's asking you about this thing. And he said, I don't know what to do. Just tell me what to do. And I'm like, OK, you're ready. <laughs> uh, other guys come in with the, the old thing about the cup of water, right? The, uh, if, if you're you're like a full glass of water and if you don't have any, you know, there's no room to pour into you. You're, you're topped off and we have to dump some of that water out in order to pour some fresh in. And some people come in that they're full and they are not receptive to anything new. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's, there's, we're wasting time uh, until that person can figure out how to dump some of what they think they know out yeah. in order to put some new in. I also would like to talk about some things like you're talking about uh, like addictions, right? So you, most of your um, listeners going through some addictions. And so how I learned it from my karma guru and uh, what is happening when you actually start craving for things or, or want to uh, uh, experience certain, uh, you know, alcohol or drugs or, or anything is basically you are in a very... Um, most of the time when it's happening to you, you are in negative emotions or you are sad or maybe you feel like you need something, you feel like you unhappy, something there which is keeps you like in a low vibration. And what is happening in that low vibration, your aura is also start to have holes. When your aura start to have holes, you are actually opened up for entities like spirits, you know, and they can actually go into go in and use your body taking you subconsciously, you know, which means like, you know, when someone has like a heartbreak and they start to eat a bucket of ice cream, for example, or someone is like, uh, have, uh, I don't know, had to lost their job and they drinking alcohol, you know, so on and so forth. It's because it's not always them. Sometimes there are spirits who's actually happy to enter their body and the, uh, fulfilling their desires because they are in the fourth dimension they don't have physical body so now they're happy that oh breaking point i can get in and they use body to eat and you know feel myself and uh, i had a client it was such a funny experience she called me up and said uh, i knew her for 20 years i knew she was a very nice lady and then always spot on and then she was calling me and saying like oh edit i just came home from work and then i sit down i'm drinking uh, and smoking she never smoked before and i was like oh my god and then I started to send her some Reiki, but also we were started to doing ancestral defect release meditation. The ancestral defect is basically this release meditation is helping you to release the spirits from your aura and from your environment. Why you need to do that is because when your ancestors died, some of them died in sudden situations like, you know, it was maybe uh, a battlefield or, or something happened to them, you know, uh, suddenly an accident. So when someone dies like that, they don't always find the light through the crown chakra, the spirit. So the spirit actually stuck here around you and they bothering the family members because that's what they uh, want to get help from because they know if the family member is praying for them, 
they can go to light. I know I work with uh, clients who actually we did I did uh, ancestral defect meditation with different people, and I know the people who are like more praying for you know all the time praying like Nigerians they love praying you know, and then uh, like there are certain people who do a lot of prayings. When I did the ancestral defect meditation with them. It was very clear, the energies around them. It was very peaceful. It was nothing heavy. But when I did with someone who I know they never pray, the, after the meditation, I couldn't stand up. I felt like literally I have like a heavy cloud on me. Like they are all around, right? So it's like we needed some smoke. We needed to open windows because they were just like got off from him, but they were still in the space, you know? So it's really recommended to, to pray for the ancestors actually and for the souls. So this ancestral defect release meditation is actually includes a very long prayer to release these ancestors from your energy field. So they don't bothering you. They don't actually force you to crave, you know, to eat, overeat or something like that. So with this lady, I did a couple of these meditations. And after like two weeks, she kind of disappeared. I was like, okay, she's going to get back to me, whatever. So after two weeks, she got back to me and she was like, oh, I'm so happy. I stopped drinking. I stopped smoking. I started to do my pottery and then playing cello and so on and so forth. I was like, oh, okay, bravo, bravo. That's great. So basically, sometimes we, again, we just always focusing on this physical body and we think that, oh, that guy is drinking, smoking, whatever he's doing. Poor guy has nothing to do with it. You know, he's the yeah. freaking ancestors. And then it's just because he had a bad time, you know, or he was just allowed himself to be sad. So basically that's what we need to focus on. When people say, be always positive, think always positive, you know, feel positive emotions, be joyful, be grateful, be um, in positive vibration. That's a really good point. We need to do that. Probably you heard about Abraham Hicks. She's always saying that. Uh, so this is a good point and that's the goal to be always that high vibration so we're not allowing these things to happen but how to get there that's the question because someone is like okay being gratitude being high vibration how the heck i'm gonna do that when i'm so freaking sad or this happened to me and that happened to me so that's where is actually the samadhi meditation comes into play because when you start doing this meditation you get into delta brainwaves and then you start to produce more of the melatonin, serotonin, oxytocin, growth hormone, what you do only a deep sleep at night. So it gives you an extra boost of these hormones, which is actually makes you uh, like, for example, with melatonin, you're going to have a better sleep. With serotonin is a mood hormone. Oxytocin, you're going to become a kinder person. Growth hormone is helping with your vitality. So basically practicing this meditation is actually going to raise your vibration and also make you more peaceful, more calm more resilient so it's less likely that you go sad or angry and all of those things and then other meditation i have in the uh, my meditation library is also like karmic depths release meditations because uh what are karmic depths is like for example when you harsh and anger with other people you create karma a negative karma when you lie you create negative karma when you um you know kill someone, you create negative karma. When you are jealous, when you are actually gossiping or, or competition, that's negative karma. So basically there is meditations for us to release. And then this is actually coming back to these uh, negative um, vibrations. So with the anger, anger is a really bad thing. <laughs> and then, and, and because that's 
physically is actually hurting you. You're gonna get get sick. You can get sick being angry, and this lowering your energy, your vibration is making the horse allowing these all these entities coming in and using your body for all kinds of uh, things. You know, even um, even for sexuality or something. Sometimes if you allow yourself to do to make love when you are in a low vibration, that's even sometimes can happen. That is not you who's open is there, you know, then other entities coming into play. So it's also recommended to always be on a high vibration and even do a meditation before the sexual intercourse, you know, to, to make sure it's you. It's you and you bring in the light and then they go out. So basically. Yeah, I uh, it reminds me of a of a similar thing and a guy that I listened to talked about that like we 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 use this and it's not I don't know about the we call it the disease of alcoholism we call it that but that's more of that spirit that and I call it like a parasite or like a computer virus exactly. it basically hijacks your operating system and you know that sometimes when I talk to loved ones of the alcoholic and they don't understand why Joe is being so bad and it's like it's really not Joe Joe is not in control right now there's this yeah. entity that has taken him over and you know what we, we got to give him a little grace and we can get joe back but it's going to take some time and it's going to take some work and uh and you see people you know uh, i myself i did stuff completely contrary to my character complete when i was when i was drinking and using i was doing things that was completely not me and but i think it's me you know i, I think what a bad dude i am and i'm nothing but a loser and a screw up and uh get down on myself and some of this stuff uh helped me and that's you know uh uh, it's again, it's a parallel. We're talking, we're speaking the same language, just uh, from from different points of view. I like, I like that. I will use that stuff again. My toolbox is not can never be full enough. <laughs> yep. Um, what else? <laughs> That's a nice question. We can go uh, as long as you want to. If you've got stuff, I don't know how long. And if you have a hard stop, please let me know. I hope you make sure we do that. But. Uh, Oh, I'm I'm here to to absorb. Yeah, basically, uh, the mindfulness is also very important. So when I was uh, first started to study with the guru, it what actually also I loved about is not just the spirituality, but the mindfulness teaching as well. Because if you are in your consciousness, when you are conscious, uh, you pay attention to be conscious, not not uh, allowing the subconscious to sneak in, because the subconscious holds your habits, your fears, and your uh, basically your belief system, which is most of the time they coming to you, they came to you when you were a little child. And these those belief systems and those habits are from your environment, you not you didn't created them. And then when you allow yourself to be autopilot, this just comes in and takes space, you know, and then it's controlling you. And that's why is many people is, you know, wants to do subconscious reprogramming. It's amazing. And but while you're doing the subconscious programming and you haven't reached your goals yet, then you need to be always uh, more focusing on being in the present moment and then not allowing the autopilot things to happen to you. So, for example, I always recommend to my clients that um, 
pay attention to your five senses or try out new things. Don't go to work on the same road all the time, you know, or, or for example, cook different dishes or, or when you are taking a shower, then just enjoy like the drops on your skin or something like to pay attention to your taste, your smell for your things that then you keep yourself more in the conscious mind until you actually do the reprogramming. And the other thing is that very important that when we think about mindfulness, we need to understand that there is three things we can control is your your thoughts, your emotions, and your actions. And then what you cannot control, you actually shouldn't um, affect you basically because that you can't control, you need to let it go. And then many people get triggered by outside things, you know, like other people's actions, other people's uh, so on and so forth. And they're trying to control situations outside of them. And this is, is actually make them worry and then anger or all kinds of negative things. But if they're just focusing on to control their thoughts and emotions and actions, then they're going to be much more successful in any area of their life. And then the thoughts, like sometimes you get triggered because of your own thoughts. No, nobody told you anything. Nobody done to you anything. You're just coming up with all kinds of stupid ideas, you know, you're creating worry because you project the, the future or you have assumptions about certain people and you're not communicating it out. So you don't know if it's even true. You're just creating assumptions and that start to make the worry and the negative emotions and that start to make you sick or it start to, and then those, but whenever those negative emotions happening to you because of your thoughts, that's actually showing you that you have traumas to release. Because that's a trigger again, you triggering yourself, but basically that's a sign that you need to release traumas. And then this is gonna stop, you know? Then then there is no more trigger related to that thing, actually. And it's it's with the with the samadhi meditation is is also getting easier, you know, to do this mind mindfulness, to do this control, controlling the emotions and thoughts. Yeah, when uh in our eleventh step, Akimabam, it says that we seek through prayer and meditation. And you talked about prayer earlier. Uh, I'm a big believer in it. I'm a, uh, it's a vital part of my life today. Uh, and the meditation, you know, and you, it, that's another hurdle to get people to. And and I think the target for that is mindfulness. That's why we do it. You know, one of the people say, I can't meditate because my mind races, you know, like, well, we meditate because our mind races, not not that we don't not do it because it races. We do it to help control that, you know, and it takes practice. It's all this stuff is, uh, uh, to some extent, a lifetime endeavor. You know, it's not a tool that's going to work uh, and I can set it down, uh, at least for in my world. These are things that I need to continue to practice on a regular basis. And as I said in the beginning, you know, you some I don't meditate every day, really, uh, but I do multiple times a week. Uh, I know people who do meditate every day. I, I do a little piece of it every morning with my prayer. Uh, because there's a thing that says like prayer is asking the universe for help and meditation is listening. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, and I subscribe to that to, to uh, at some level, but, uh, but you know, I meditation is meditation is like so many kinds of meditations. It's like how many kinds of dogs, you know? It's like it's, yeah. it's like you can't really put on like okay, you meditate, you meditate. But it's people doing different meditations, and the yeah. meditation you were telling me is more about uh, quieting the monkey mind. That's the meditation, but that feels like uh, sometimes like forcing, you know, it's, 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 that's why people say, oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. What I do is the transcendental meditation, which is different. So it's not about quieting the monkey mind, it's transcend to the subconscious where it's always quiet. 
It's like going underwater. You don't need to force to quiet the monkey mind because there is no monkey mind, you know, right. it's yeah. quietness. So it's, you just need to learn the steps, how to transcend. And it's always quiet there. Basically. Yeah. And uh, in my world, I get there sometimes and sometimes I don't. I I usually share that with people. It just matters. And, and there's been times that uh, I've really uh, had uh, meditations that almost don't surreal that I don't even hardly believe really happened. You know, it's just mm -hmm. uh, floating and almost out of body kind of things. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes it's, uh, it's, it's sometimes it doesn't go that way and I can't stop thinking about the laundry that's in the washer that needs to go into the dryer <laughs> <laughs> or whatever happens to want to sneak in and, and, and interrupt my process. Uh, part of it is trying, there's a picture of a girl that I saw a long time ago and she's sitting on the yellow stripe in the middle of the road on a very busy street meditating, oh. you know, and I, I like the, the imagery of that, you know, oh. that while all this stuff is going on around me, I can still find quiet and peace. Uh, and you know, that's, uh, right along with, you know, I can't let these outside, yeah. these outside influences, I can't allow them to dictate how I feel what's going and on I, over there yeah. and what's going on over here. I, I have to find a place where I'm okay, no matter what's going on. I used to, when I used to commute, I used to meditate on the tube, <laughs> people around me. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I, uh, I use it, you know, I have, I, I had a lot of trouble being still. You know, busy body, it's still a thing. I like to be doing something uh, and meditations help me. So when I'm stuck at the doctor's office or I'm placed where I'm or I'm placed in a place where I have to be still, uh, mm -hmm. that meditation is my go to my default thing today, you know, and it, probably nobody in the room knows I'm meditating. Uh, but that's uh, when I when I need to wait, I look at it as an opportunity that I get to meditate right now rather than I have to wait in line or I have to wait or the doctor yeah. or and then if you uh, look around everybody's holding their phone right and then yeah that today <laughs> yep 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 um i had something else in it in it in it and it left me um so how was people to uh i will put it in the notes and stuff but tell me what would be the process for somebody contacting you and what would uh what would that look like so that they they will yeah, know so, what they're getting into. Okay. So I actually have one-on-one um, -on -one clients. So I work with one-on-one -on -one with people and uh, they can contact me through my Instagram or they can, they can even download my uh, free masterclass from Instagram uh, in my bio. They can connect with me on my website, which is my name, editbkiss.com. Uh, and they can also watch testimonial videos there before they connect me to see what people are telling about uh, the process. And uh, I also have a 12 months, like a membership kind of thing, like when I do group, group coaching, group healing. And then if someone is actually connecting with this 12 months, uh, signing up for the 12 months, then they receive the meditation library access. They receive the tracks, which I was talking about, the healing tracks, basically, and then uh, the emotional trauma healing tracks. But we do many other kinds of healings and meditations during these 12 months. We do, we go very deep into karma, in un un family unconscious karma release, like releasing ancestral karmas, which is affecting us. We do uh, other kinds of meditations, which I learned from the guru, and then I went to India for other retreats. So I, I do some 
how can I say, I call it elevate because I do high level of meditation techniques and raising the vibration of the people, helping them to actually channel more for themselves. To, so to, to get their vision, you know, to, to see where they are heading. Because when you open your third eye and then you are actually more intuitive, you have less worry and less fear because you know where you are heading. And then that's what many people feel, those fears and worries every day, like, oh, what's going to happen or what's going to happen if those kind of things. So when they actually learn how to become more intuitive because they raise their vibration, they, they learn this kind of new meditation techniques and healings, then they become more peaceful. They become more actually happy and then also healthy because of the trauma release. They, they actually prevent diseases. Because what are the diseases? They are the results of your emotional uh, roller coaster lifestyle. You know, it's like cancer is from anger, you know, and then all kinds of uh, when you have like uh, asthma or you have like high blood pressure is all coming from negative emotions. And then when you know how to release the roots, then you prevent the diseases. Uh, yeah, I, I, I believe that too. I would have uh, connected cancer with stress as well that but mm. that anger is a stress uh, it definitely is and uh i uh i don't know i just keep on learning more and more and, and absorbing stuff about you know that the universe is not as it seems at a glance of an eye there's a lot more going on and uh we've got uh, one of the coolest things about and my listeners are hearing me say this all the time one of the coolest things about being in this podcast is i get exposed to people like you who are out there as a force for the good that are doing good work for this race of humans we have here and uh that's another problem area for a lot of us is on those phones and on the tv and so much negative and low vibration information is coming through there uh making us sick making us ill making us not be uh okay and uh but but uh and you could almost think that the world is uh going to hell in a handbasket if you watch too much of that and i get doses of people like you and keep my eye on the on the high vibration stuff and and it, and it keeps i believe that it keeps me well physically and mentally and spiritually uh as a result of uh staying in 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 this zone instead of the other one you mentioned earlier about the traumas when we come from kids and you know the stuff that happens to us uh it's, it's we 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 carry that and we have to have some way to release it and 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 we don't even know you know we we don't even know we have it like you said it's this pair or like i said it's this parasitic thing that invades you and there's ways to heal from it yeah and then sometimes you know there are such a little things which create trauma for a child like one of my clients said that the 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 situation the memory was that uh, she was like two years old and it was in the kitchen and the mom was doing washing up you know this the dishes and then it just was like she didn't pay attention to her because she was busy doing things you know and then that child already created a abandonment trauma you know it's it and then that was came coming now hunting her when her, her age 30 you know, and creating yep. kinds of situations. And there was another uh, girl, um, she came to me with panic attacks. And then she, she, she's, I mean, now she's 20, but she, one of her memory was also about being with the grandparents uh, sitting in a room watching TV, but she wanted to go outside. 
but she couldn't go outside because the grandparents uh, probably wanted her to be inside, you know, and she was like maybe eight years old and she felt that uh, limiting uh, situation, limit, she felt limited, unsupported and all of those emotions, what she came up with what she actually experienced recently, you know, also with the COVID and stuff, stuff like that. So we we should actually, it's like when I'm looking through these these uh, memories with the, with, the, with the people, like what they experienced as a child, like what we should pay attention when we are adults or can we actually prevent all the traumas for a child is so difficult because you don't, you can't be there in every second, you know, you can't fulfill all the desires of the child in every minute or because that's just impossible, you know, and then it's, it's how that child is going through that experience is also about her, how resilient she is as a child or, or what she needs to go through, basically. So it's, it's some child, you know, is just happy, flappy, whatever, you know, but some child is more emotional or more sensitive. It's, it's, it's personal thing as well. It's a personal journey. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, um, you said, you know, maybe this, these things are something I needed to go through. My journey is my journey. And, uh, and it's just had to be, it, it wasn't, uh, somebody trying to, you know, most of the time when you're children and there are exceptions to that, but nobody's out to harm them, but yeah. trauma, you know, I used to like think of trauma that it had to be a violent, hurtful, or, you know, something like that. And that's not the case. It can just be some of what your experience is. Uh, you said one of them, and I always use an example of if you were, let's say one years old and you're in your crib, taking a nap and you get up and wake up and you're crying out, but for whatever reason, mom went out in the backyard to take out the trash and got to talking to the neighbor and you sitting there yelling, you know, hollering, hollering, and nobody's coming, nobody's coming, nobody's coming. And then you end up attaching to some kind of abandonment thing where, you know, exactly. nothing, nothing harmful was meant. <laughs> uh, there, there wasn't anything anybody did on purpose. No harm was meant, but that doesn't mean you didn't absorb it in that way. And uh, then, then you grow up and you wonder why you got this. You know, and and there's nothing that you remember that would have caused it, but like what you're talking about, being able to take them back to that, and maybe somehow or another uh, access it so that they, then it, then it can be released. It's just uh, it's 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 almost magic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I also wrote a book. It's called On the Healer's Journey. Uh, it's available everywhere. So my my publisher done a good job. So if you just Google on the healer's journey by Edith Bikis, you can find it even on Apple or or I, I don't know, all over the place. <laughs> so it's in Amazon, uh, Barnes and Nobles, wherever. And uh, basically I wrote this book for seekers, what wrote this book to people who's going through actually awakening, spiritual awakening. And it's, uh, I actually uh, help them to go through on a smoother way. I explain them certain situations, why they're going through, how to, it's like an advice book or recommendation book. Like it's a certain chapters uh, to guiding through them on this process. And I also mentioned there about the multidimensional existence, you know, how we need to actually relate to ourselves, and then how they can actually become the light for others as well. And it's, uh, I actually put also some nice drawings in there. Uh, I, I uh, not mine. I had a nice um, artist who did it, but they are very beautiful, like mandala drawings. So you can even color because it's a black and white. So you can even use it to coloring it to, you know, to feel in peace and so on and so forth. So it's, I also recommend this lovely book to everyone who's listening and yeah. interesting more on this uh, healing journey. 
Yeah, the Mandela coloring, I, 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 I used that for a long time. It's something I haven't done for a little while now, but uh, but uh, it really, it was something that helped me a lot for a long time. I believe the books are still sitting over there in the drawer uh, from uh, just, uh, in a way, it's a type of meditation. It's a way to yeah, get absolutely. single focused and, and uh, uh, come to a point of peace, even if it's just for a half hour or whatever. To, while we're doing it that's cool i'm glad you mentioned the book i'll check that out for sure i'm a uh i i i love books i do a lot with i'll do a lot of reading i do a lot of listening um and uh, so i'm glad you mentioned that okay and basically if someone is like Watch, watching this or listening to this and uh, they already do some modalities like healers, you know, like Reiki healers or others and would love to learn this modality. I also have the facilitator training for them. So I actually train people for, for these modalities if someone is interested. My guru actually passed away last year. Uh, and yeah, it's 2000. No, actually 21 because we are 24 now. So in 22. So last year was last year. So he passed away in 2022, uh, and then I started the facilitator training last year, actually, in 23. And then it's so amazing because I feel his energy when I'm teaching, and I know he's he's smiling at me, you know, and he's happy that I'm actually doing his work, you know. So it's always a pleasure. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing, you know, I pass away from this world, but uh, there's still, uh, I, I believe there's more. I don't know what it is, but... Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel uh, people that have left me. I've got a uh, sponsee who just lost her husband in July and uh, she's having a tough time dealing with it. And that's a tough thing to deal with. Uh, but she is uh, constantly getting not constantly. She's oftenly getting messages that she talks to me about that where she's hearing from her husband. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't have a lot of experience with that. And I'm actually going to point her your direction because you've said a lot today that I think she might be able to use. She's also one of the she's also a uh, Reiki practitioner of some level. I'm not exactly sure what, but um, yeah, uh, it's I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you that you, for your loss. But, uh, you know, in our I don't know, I don't I don't look at it completely like that because it's not completely gone. Just Actually, the physical body's he, not here anymore. He also thought that grief is a uh, karmic depths. We shouldn't grieve. Actually, is more when when somebody passing away is more like a celebration of their life. You know, they how far they went. They went through. You know, they passed this game. <laughs> they went through this yep. game. So basically, it's it's a celebration of their yeah, life. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, so much amazing things they created, you know, they went through a lot, they they created so many amazing things. So it's it's a celebration of life actually when when they pass into the next dimension. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I, I I believe that as well. Uh I had a lot of trouble with for a period of time in my youth about hang up over death. Uh, almost to a you know, to a very almost debilitating level mm. of a fear of death. And uh and I carried that into adulthood. Uh, it wasn't until uh, the past ten years or whatever that I, that that's shifted. Mm. I lost my father uh, like more than ten years ago, and um, I I wasn't uh, devastated, <laughs> so I wasn't like feeling like other people normally feel, you know, when when they left. And then it's it, recently I I see him coming back to me as a butterfly, you know. So mm. it's like uh, whenever I'm maybe. Uh, 
worry about something, you know, or I have some concerns. It's just the butterfly just appears and, you know, it's like bringing me some peace or it was a very funny. I was going for a meeting. I was in a bus stop and I was going for a meeting and I was late and the bus was late, you know, and then the butterfly came and it was landed on my arms like four times, even though the people around me were smiling, like what the butterfly is doing on me, you know, and then it's landed on my cheek. And then it flew away. I was like, oh, I got a kiss. So it's just so cute. And then it was just around the road for a while and then it went away. So then then I felt like it's showing me that I am fine. You know, I'm going to be on time. It's everything going to be all right. And then when I went to the meeting, everything was so amazing. And even the outcome was much better than I ever expected it. So it was, um, yeah, so it was just a positive sign. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, you you need to watch for those things too. Some people would just have seen a butterfly. They would have not heard the message and seen what was going on. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people, we, we do that a lot in our circles of paying attention to what's going on, especially when we're doing spiritual work, you know, somebody will be doing, we do the piece it's called a fist step and, uh, and a fellow friend of mine was sitting and, and all of a sudden a lot of butterflies came. And uh, and just out of the blue, and they were outdoors doing this this fifth step, and uh, and and it had a period of it. The sponsor leaves the guy alone to have some alone time, and when he was sitting next to a river uh, alone, uh, he had basically a flock. I don't know what a group of butterflies is called. Uh, come and visit him, and and he was awake enough to see that for what it was, and 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 hear the message from that and other people have uh, animals hawks deer other kind of visits from uh the animal kingdom uh come and and like the one of the things this is like when those animals come during those times they have no fear you know normally a deer would see you and bolt you know they're afraid of you but they that those times they come and there won't be the, the animals and the butterfly. They're not, they're not, they don't have any fear in them. And, uh, it's, it's cool stuff. This, this and paying you know, attention. And even the signs when these animals are not in real, like not the real animal, but if you see a picture of them or a sign just of that animal, that's the same powerful right, yep, thing right. because, you know, everything is illusion. So basically it's everything just made up the way how it is and then i had a funny story with that because i was traveling in a uh, in a car and then i was with my daughter and then i i i again i was thinking like oh i need some spirit guide support you know some some yes or no or you know something and then i've seen a huge rainbow painted on the wall you know i was like yeah good sign thank you and then i was smiling and then i turned to my daughter and i told her you know what's gonna be funny if i see a peacock now because that's my spirit animal you know i'm in the middle of the city i'm sitting in a car and i'm just saying it to her you know like that's gonna be a funny. Peacock. A peacock, yeah. Yeah. Is that then, your? Is that the somewhat of the image behind you? Uh, no, it's, it's actually it's a, a lotus flower. Okay. All right. Yeah. So basically, in that second when I told her this, I turned my face out of the window, and there was a gate, a metal gate that we were passing by, and written on it, peacock. Mm. And I was like, oh my god, <laughs> no, it's it's no more question. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. how it's like in that second in a car. And then it was there. Yeah, that is very cool. You talk about your children. Uh, what? How, how do they respond to this stuff? Are they uh, 
Um, I mean, they, they grow up with this, so it's so they, it's it's natural for them. You know, it's just like, mom, give me a Reiki healing. I don't feel good. <laughs> you know, it's like right. it's like that. You know, yeah, so I kind of see that as you know that a lot of people, you know, what you we mentioned that you drag stuff in from your childhood, and when you know this like this wonderful thing where these certain children don't have to drag as much, and they get taught these modalities from a child and that's what they actually grow up with you know that's world changing in my mind and uh there's so many you know most of the people that come and sit across the table from me uh have some a lot of them have some pretty awful childhoods you mm. know and it's like no wonder they turn out to be out at alcoholics and addicts um yeah. it, they almost they, they almost didn't have a choice with mm. what they were uh, born into and uh, these times, and I feel grateful the same way that I'm able to teach my children in a different way. They're both uh, just recently, my daughter turned 18, so they're both adults now. Uh, I have a 20-year-old son and an 18-year-old daughter that uh, uh, I get to demonstrate a different thing to them than than what I did in their childhood. Uh, I, you know, there's, uh, um, but, uh, and that's another thing about coaching guys i have another i I have one guy who is going to have a daughter in the morning and uh they have a two-year-old little son and this guy was a bona fide drug addict four or five years ago and then he's done healing work and he's not anymore and uh he actually asked me to be the godfather to his son so uh when i go over there and i just love that little free spirit that that little boy has he's just so much fun to be around uh because he's not getting you know he's absorbing good energy from the time he come out of the womb the best is we can do you know like you said things there's some that's not unavoidable but uh it's just wonderful to see that little free spirit uh growing up like that and you know i think again that's that that's world changing stuff if we can start uh you can't avoid the trauma you can't dodge it you know that's things life life happens but uh when 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 parents can do their best uh to yeah. not inflict that stuff there's nothing but good can come from that yeah when we're going through when i go through some sessions it's always about like um forgive to your parents because in that moment or in that uh, situation that was the best they knew you know if they grew up in an environment when they only were surrounded with so and so forth things then that's what they brought with them so that's what they knew so that's what they could provide so that's uh, that's why you need to forgive so that's that's actually the thing so of course when when the person is different and it's different circumstances everything is different so yeah absolutely yeah uh Lost my mom in 2016. I was 14 months sober, and uh, and um, to some extent, like you, it wasn't a grieving process. Uh, uh, I knew that she was better off. She was very sick, and she was suffering here, and uh, and that was like a. She finally got to escape that, and it. Uh, I was I almost wanted to not be outwardly that but i was happy that she was gone she 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 escaped this suffering and my father lives with me now today uh and uh he's 86 and uh and he's active as all you just can't believe how healthy he is at 86 he's out and about and push most the yard that's a requirement he 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 i have to let him do push mow the yard that was a deal when he moved in that he said i want to do the yard work for as long as i'm able and uh and and i what i've learned from him over the years is uh, uh it's just been fantastic so uh 
uh, and all his parents lived to be around his parents and their generation all lived to be a hundred or so. Uh, I expect he'll be around. And if I take care of myself, I will also. So I want to uh, say, I, I want to make the most of this trip on this big blue marble this, this time around by using, by meeting people like you and using these tools that are available to us. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Well, you want to wrap it up? Yeah. Or do you have more? If you want to keep going, if you have other things you want to talk about, I'm open to about it. About the children as well, you're saying like what they see, they implement or what is, you know, around them, they actually absorb. And then my daughter was so cute last time she was telling, she has also online friends because she's homeschooled. So uh, she has online friends from Australia to Canada, you know, and then mm -hmm. I know when she has friends online, like in the morning, I'm like, are you talking about to Australia? And she said, yeah. And then in the evening, are you talking to Canada? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's like the time zones and then she's sometimes telling me like oh mom you know i'm the therapist of my friends <laughs> asking like oh how, how it comes because uh, they they you know they they um they telling her you know what's going on with their life or whatever because they going out to school you know they are not homeschooled and of course in the school so other things happening you know and then they share it with her and then she she's like a peaceful you know talking to them very nicely how she learned or how she sometimes she's listening you know when i'm with my clients or or she can hear how i do things like sessions and stuff so probably she's picking up some of those things she's very oh, smart. yeah yeah, yeah. And that's what I mean about world changing, you know, that 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 energy is going out all over the place of this positive vibration, this high vibration to, that, that can be uh, cultivated. And I really do believe in that. But that is so cool. She's uh, her friends are very lucky. And so is she. <laughs> yeah, she loves them. All right. Well, uh, we'll put a wrap around it. Um, I'll definitely this I'm going to release this podcast tonight. Uh, I fell behind. I release new pot, new content every Sunday. And sometimes I just don't, I call it pushing rope. You can't push rope. Right. And I just don't, I just go with the flow and uh, the universe typically provides me with a guest every week. And I do it that way. I do one pod, record one podcast a week and I release one podcast a week. And uh, this one is just a little late. Usually it's a real early in the morning on Sunday. What time is it where you're at right now? Uh, it's actually uh, half past eight half past eight in the PM in the evening. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's cool too. I, I had a podcast with a guy the other day. I asked him that question. It was 3 AM where he was at. I was like, golly. I wouldn't do uh, that. I, yeah, I, I would not have asked him to do it. We ranged yeah. it. And I, I, I trust that people will take care of themselves in that regard. <laughs> and uh, so if that's when he wanted to schedule it. That was okay with me. So uh, this will be out in just a little bit. I'll just need to process it and put it on. And I'm going to put this on YouTube if that's okay, too. Absolutely. I have a, I have my YouTube channel as well. But yeah, of course. Yeah. So the, the video on YouTube, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, most I don't have camera equipment. So when I'm doing and I'm thinking about changing that. But when I do podcasts, it's just audio. If a guy's sitting here with me uh, and but when I have the when I do it on Zoom, it lends itself to that very easily. So I use it when I can. All right. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, I always say a couple of things at the end of our podcast uh, and I, and there's a real easy little mantra that I think about often that if it's working, keep doing it. And if it's not working, stop. Uh, so this works and I'll keep doing it. I ask, uh, if you're not having a blast in your recovery, you're not doing something right. 
And I just want to thank everybody out there because I do believe recovery is uh, not limited to alcoholism or addiction. It's recovering from trauma, from uh, just the just the environmental concerns of this world. And I just like to thank everybody out there for allowing Edit and I to participate in our recoveries in this manner today. Peace out. Mm-hmm.